This is Energy of Business Moments with Michael Seip, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their business success into your life and business. Energy of Business Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Michael Seip. Hi, everyone. Michael Seip here, host of the Energy Business Moments podcast. And I'm thrilled today to have a great CEO on our show, it's Jim Estel. Uh, he has been CEO of Danby Appliances since 2015. Danby Appliances is a niche manufacturer of specialty appliances, which manufactures and distributes over 2 million appliances per year. So, Jim, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, Jim, in the world of manufacturing things, getting everything to work together and produce a, a valuable product and something that the customers like is always a challenge. So tell us a little bit about Danby and you and how you got going on the business. Well, so Danby makes, uh, as, a, as you said, specialty appliances. We tend to make small, large appliances, things like bar fridges. We tend to be your secondary appliances. So it's, uh, freezers, uh, wine coolers. We do make air conditioners, which uh, window and portable air conditioners. Um, and uh, we we sell smallish, large appliances, more European sizing. So we're going, I think, into somewhat of a recession, which actually works in our favor, because when someone puts in a basement apartment, they will want our products. And we're a value brand. Um, and even things like food inflation, restaurant inflation, people eat more at home. The more you eat at home, the more you need a secondary refrigerator, the more you you know buy goods on sale and put them in the freezer, that kind of thing. So the trends are on trend for us right now. Um, but as you point out, supply chain has been a challenge through uh, COVID for sure. Yeah, good. Well, um, it's interesting, of course, to hear about additional markets. So people think of the traditional you know, GE refrigerator that they go and buy at the Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever. And and uh, and so as they think through like, hey, I need to probably prepare a little bit with supply chain interruptions, thinking about some of the additional op opportunities they have and having a market segment for that is is great. And it obviously is in your favor a little bit. So go ahead. We're often your entertainment fridge as well. There you go. Where's your bar <laughs> fridge? Where's your, 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 your fridge on your deck? Your, where's the fridge in the garage? Yeah. So good. Yeah, well, good. It's great to have a specialty kind of along those lines. And um, and so building a business around that can be sometimes very easy, but other times it can be very challenging. And as most business owners will tell you, they have ups and downs in businesses. So in getting your business going, what would be a down moment for you that you had to struggle through or work through? And how did you do it? So I have an interesting down moment in business which you wouldn't think is a down moment in business. And that is um, when I had my first business. So my first business, I started from the trunk of my car and I grew it to a couple billion dollars in sales. I had retired and sat on the board of Danby Appliances. The CEO resigned of Danby. I said I could go in and run it. Then the ownership group said they wanted me to sell the company. I said, how much for? They told me and I bought Danby. So that's how I got Danby. I did not start Danby. Danby actually started in 1947. But on my first business, I ran it for 10 years and I took it public 
Uh, my sales the year I went public were about $68 million. So I, you know, it was just partway through my growth, which eventually uh, got up to $2 billion. Um, and I ended up being divorced from my wife. So I got divorced. And talk about an energy suck. Talk about putting you in a bad mental space. Um, that just, it knocks you out in business. And I figure it knocks you out for a year. So you've got a year on the sidelines. You need to rebuild your systems on how do you support yourself when basically your energy is low and you don't feel like uh, like doing it and, uh, and whatnot. Of course, I threw myself into business, but that's not all good either. Um, I learned that I needed to support myself with health habits because I believe health allows us to do what we do. So I'm a big health guy and it's the simple stuff that we know. It's all about exercise and diet. And the third pillar of health is sleep. So those are the three pillars of, of uh, and I'm not as good on the third one, the sleep. I'm not as good on it. I, I, I preach about it, but I'm not as good on it. And uh, necessary for business success, health trumps wealth. And uh, you, it, 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 I've, I've seen other business owners who have health issues and that just uh, can kill your business as well. Yeah, well, those life lesson moments where we go through something unexpected or or rather challenging, like a divorce, for example, um, and that can be, a, like you said, a big energy suck. So going back to the basics of health and sleep and eating well, like that is just so critical, important. So what did you do in those moments to kind of help you get through that? So what I did was um, I didn't handle it well for the first few months, but as I started to handle it more and say I needed to do it, I developed, I work on what I call success habits. So if something's habitual, then you just naturally do it and you can have success habits and you can have unsuccess habits. So I'm fortunate I never smoked. So I, that's not one of my unsuccess habits, but that's definitely an unsuccess ha habit. Um, so it's just getting the habits to um, handle my health. And uh, before the podcast, we were talking about you need systems to handle volume when you're in business. So um, I'm Canadian. I like to be polite. So I like to reply to my emails. I like to uh, connect to people on LinkedIn. I like to respond to people. But the bigger the company, the more question, the more people are trying to reach out to me. A lot of them are trying to sell to me, but some of them are trying to buy from me. When we sell, like we sell 2 million appliances a year. Well, you can imagine if, 0.1% of those customers reach out. That's a lot of um, individual reach outs. But of course, then we sell through Lowe's and Home Depot and Costco and uh, all the, the big stores, plus all of the appliance stores. But so you have a lot of those who are the customers. Plus, of course, everyone wants to sell me something. That's the way life is. Right, right. Well, yeah, having those systems in place is a great sort of logical way to put some procedure in to kind of reduce some of that stress load because uh, really that's what we're doing is our body's going through a lot of stress in those kinds of moments and so anything we can do to put a practice in that will help alleviate that stress and thanks for sharing how you did that and helped get some maybe some time or some moments back into your schedule where you could rebalance so that's great thanks so in running a business, not only this one, but any of your other uh, endeavors, tell us about maybe a high moment and what got you really going with that. So the high moments are the times you make the big sales. So the first time you make in my business, the first time I make a million dollar sale, I remember it was a million and 79 
thousand dollars. And that was just, and I was quite young and I thought I, you know, I thought I died and gone to heaven, but I'm a driven business guy and I didn't stop to celebrate. And what I learned later as I matured is stopping to celebrate is a good trait and is a good characteristic because we're all going to run into um, I hate to say it, recession, we may be coming into one now. We all run into hard times in business. And uh, so we need to celebrate the wins when we have the wins. Uh, I mean, recently, we we actually had a ironic win uh, in COVID. Many companies didn't do well, but freezers, everybody wanted freezers because uh, they're worried about food security and uh, and they're eat at home all the time. So all of a sudden, there's massive shortage on freezers. So that was a a huge, huge sales, and it was, you're basically could sell anything you could make. Um, the number of people who had freezers at home went from 35% to 50% during pandemic. And when that happens, generally speaking, that ends up being that that's the norm. 50% of people will have freezers. Just like if you think of microwaves, um, 98% of the people, 99% of the people have microwaves. They never go to being not without a microwave. Like if their microwave breaks, they get a new one. When their kids move out, they get a microwave because they think, oh, that's the way you live. You have a microwave or if you have a television or if you have a computer, you just that becomes the norm. Right. Yeah, though, that's a great example. And and when you have those sales moments, uh, celebrating those moments is one of those positive emotions that we don't get that often. And when we do have it, it's good to build that into the memory, if you will, of, hey, there's some good things out there so that they can counterbalance some of the negatives that come through. So tell me a little bit more about that celebration piece for you. Like, how how do you put that into your practice nowadays? So one part of my practice is I have what I call a gratitude practice. And I um, have a gratitude journal. I write three sentences a day of things I'm grateful for. And I will tell you, it works for the positive. It works for the negative. Even if times are terrible, I am hugely grateful because I'm actually going to sleep inside and I'm going to not go to bed hungry tonight. And I'm going to, uh, and I've got friends and family and any of my problems. And I will tell you, I have problems. They're all first world problems. Oh, I didn't sell enough of this. Oh, I have too much inventory of that. Oh, I, um, I don't know what, whatever happened. Um, I got stuck in traffic. Wasn't my life awful. I was late for a meeting. <laughs> These are all tiny, tiny things. And gratitude helps when you're going have a down moment. Gratitude helps when you have an up moment. Um, I I uh, sponsored over 500 refugees to come to Canada. And I learned from the refugees that the secret to happiness is being grateful for what you have, not ungrateful for what you've lost, and not ungrateful for what other people have. And that's a good lesson for entrepreneurs too. Be grateful for what you have, not ungrateful for what you've lost. Because you're an entrepreneur, you probably get some goose eggs. As a matter of fact, if you don't have any goose eggs, I will tell you, you're not you're not trying hard enough. You, you have to take some risks. That's the nature of entrepreneurship. Exactly. On failure, I always say, fail often, fail fast, fail cheap. So, and having a failure does not make you a failure. Um, I did a lot of venture investing, and um, I invested in over 150 tech companies. One of those was BlackBerry. I sat on the board of BlackBerry for 13 years. Everyone thinks I'm a hero. The, un, the unsaid part of that, 125 of those companies went bankrupt. You haven't heard of 125 of those companies. Like, and everyone thinks I'm the hero, but I had 125 goose eggs. And uh, if I didn't have the goose eggs, I guess I wouldn't have had the wins to go along with with that. Um, and that's the way it is in in business as well. 
Yeah, so true. And what I love about that is the wisdom that you provided there about the gratitude piece. It's not just the gratitude for the things that we do have. It's knowing that we don't need the ungratitude for not having, right? That Let that act, that aspect of if I don't have it, you know, I'm going to miss it or I don't have it. So I'm feeling worse for not having it. No, actually just being grateful is this practice of doing the opposite. So, so it's, it's uh, really important for entrepreneurs, just like you said. Exactly. And recognize if you're listening to this podcast, you've got a lot to be grateful for. Like we're, we're just, we're just fortunate for where we live. I mean, pick up the newspaper. Well, not that anyone reads the newspaper anymore. Open the website of the news and see what's happening in the Ukraine and kind of think, gee, I'm kind of grateful. We're not getting missiles shot at us today, right? Right, right, exactly, exactly. And, you know, the other aspect too, right, from the health perspective, because as you mentioned earlier, that there's that health aspect that you're focused on. And, and so when we go into those moments of, feeling lack or feeling like we don't have something. So the opposite, if you will, of gratitude, we're turning on in our nervous system, the fight or flight response. And that fight or flight response is is great when we actually are really threatened, but we're self-inducing that threat when there really isn't a threat. And just like you said, like we're not in Ukraine getting shot at or whatever. We're actually maybe at home or maybe at the workplace, but there's no physical threat for us. And so when we're counterbalancing that with gratitude and do that more and more, we're actually sending better release of hormones within our body to for our body to heal and restore. And gratitude plays such an important role in doing that. You're totally right. And our bodies are responding as if we are animals in the wild that are about to get eaten by saber-toothed tigers. And flight and fight fight or flight response is meant for physical stuff that's why we need to work out hard physically because mm-hmm. if i work out hard that releases that from my body if not i'm sitting at a desk it's eating at my my heart my uh it's it's eating at me my my health um completely um i also practice meditation and a, and another very simple variant is just breathing mm-hmm. it sounds little but if if I have an issue, just three deep breaths, sit up a little straighter, posture, and uh, I can just handle things a little bit better. And I don't I don't even know how difficult that is. That one uses one of my time management tricks, which is the power of while. What can I do while I'm doing something else? Mm-hmm. I can do three deep breaths and talk to you at the same time, and you don't even notice, right? Right, right. Oh, those are some great tips. And, you know, to follow up on the breathing part, right, is is when we get into that breathing rhythm, we, if we're focused on just slowing down that breathing, we're starting to get the heart and the brain into coherence. And when we do that, we're turning off that uh, that nervous system of the fight or flight into more harmony. And we're letting the heart run the brain rather than the brain get all caught up in all those many, many beta waves running around in there and we're slowing the brain down. And so what we're doing is we're actually helping our body recover a bit there. So I'm glad you brought up that piece about the breath, because that is so important to bringing homeostasis back into the body and helping recharge us a bit. Absolutely. And you don't know any, how to do anything. It doesn't take much study. You do know how to breathe. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Good. So as, as you 
you know, have shared these, these wonderful tips for us. Sometimes we have mentors that we rely on quite a bit and maybe it's, you know, once a month, maybe it's once a year, maybe during a crisis phase, it might be every 10 minutes, but we, we tend to turn to people who can be a great influence for us. And, you know, sometimes those those people are present with us, but then other times these are people who have passed on and deceased. So for you, Jim, who would you say you would love to meet and have a conversation with deceased or living that would be of value for you? So I would love to have met to meet uh, Mother Teresa and simply the reason that her selflessness and that is also a trick to give back. If you give back a little, it makes you feel better. But um, I just think she does things for the right reasons. And I, that's what I try to do. So she would be my hero. And I know people were expecting me to say a business hero. But uh, um, I, I think your success in business comes later. And we can be we can get wrapped up in the race and forget why we do what we do. And if we're business people, we should be doing what we do to make the world a better place. And yes, it makes our life better, but let's make the world a better place. There's great power in business to uh, help the world. Oh, I couldn't have said that better. And the being of service actually is interesting for the reason that the act of giving biochemically, the act of actually giving out of genuine care or concern um, has a stronger impact on the body. Uh, than the act of receiving. So the joy we might get from getting a gift is a little less than the actual, the, the feeling we get from actually giving. And so I love that you brought that up because there's so many of our guests that we have on the show that actually, like you said, you would think would say, oh, here's my business leader, mentor, I, ideal, I would love to talk with. But no, most of them actually are saying things just like you about an influential person that talks about sort of those higher level energies that they embodied in their life. And so, of course, if we want to embody that in our life, then, of course, we look up to them as a role model. And so I love that you brought Mother Teresa in because that's just another great example. For sure. Um, also, if you do have downtimes in business, one of the best ways to to gain perspective is to help someone less fortunate. And there is someone less fortunate. Um, it's the best cure for depression. I'm not a psychologist or a, a sociologist or anything, but uh, I just happen to know it's a good cure for depression is to help other people. Yeah, great point. Great point. Yep. Well, Jim, I've greatly enjoyed having you on the show today. You've shared some phenomenal wisdom, some very simple stuff, but from so many years of your experience and all the different companies and, and the failures, as you said, the goose eggs, um, your perspective means a lot. So appreciate having you on the show. And if you could, please share with the audience a little bit about how they could maybe reach you or find out more about Danby. Sure. So the Danby website is www.danby.com. It's that simple. And I am a LinkedIn, uh, I don't know what you call it. Uh, I, I connect to almost anybody who reaches out to me on, on LinkedIn. And if you can't find Jim Estill, J-I-M-E-S-T-I-L-L -L on LinkedIn, then uh, I'm probably not worth finding for you. So those are probably the two easiest way. I, I am Googleable as well. I'm sure you could find my contact in Google. 
Good, good. Well, great. Well, thanks for the information there. And of course, thanks again for being on the show. I know our audience will find it of value and appreciate you being here today and taking time out of your schedule. Well, thanks for having me, Michael. Thanks for listening to Energy of Business Moments with your host, Michael Seip. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates and we will see you on the next episode.